0: But gets to the point well, where... I think things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time. You know, if I, encroach, I, if I encroach on you, and I'm sophisticated about it, I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you stop, start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again right to the point where you protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to do that forever. And before you know it, you're going to be back three miles from where you started, and you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how would I get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone, and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again, and you agreed. And if anybody's interested in this sort of process, and this is a horrifying book, if you want to read about how this process works, you can read a book called Ordinary Men by Robert Browning down get a hold of yourself Excuse, please let me handle this I'm get, I'm calm down now get back to your seat i'll take care of this calm down, calm down. get a hold of yourself
1: Doctor, not do you want it on the phone everything's going to be all right Sister, please, please. i
0: gotta get out of here
1: Welcome to The Last American Vagabond, and I got to tell you that distraction opening is quickly becoming one of my favorites. It's just so exactly what seems to be happening every day. I've got a great discussion planned today. Welcoming back to the show, Charlie Robinson of Macroaggressions, as well as, I believe, the co-founder, co-host of uh, Union of the Unwanted, a fantastic collection of people here to discuss, as I uh, just laid out in the description, sort of like rapid fire breaking down of the million different topics of all the mass psychosis and sociopaths in the government between a couple of content creators. I thought this would be a fun engagement. So how are you today? Welcome back.
2: Well, it's mass shooting season and I feel so rude. I didn't even get you a card. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah. nuts out there.
1: It is. It is. And that's the incredible part about it. it is just so it's and it's not just that it's nuts and that, that it's all crazy and that we, it's that everybody seems to be aware of that. And I've never really, yeah. I mean, at least in my engagement in all this, the, the decade plus I've been doing this, I've never seen it like this to where it's not just that it's crazy, but it's that everybody at every spe- end of the spectrum is aware that it's much more crazy now than it was before. It's yeah. very interesting, right? You're just right out of the gate. I mean, why do you think that is? Are we at an endgame scenario or what,
0: you know? Well,
2: I mean, I I guess if I want to be optimistic about this, I can take the approach that this is, it seems like they're desperate to gin up some sort of social unrest and that it's not coming naturally or or organically. So they have to infuse it with with shootings. You know, there's shootings every day and, and every weekend in Chicago. And we hear about these numbers, but it's interesting the 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 ones that get publicized, the ones that get elevated and we 're all supposed to care about at the expense of the others that never get talked about so it's just an interesting way that that the media and 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 all of the uh you know, tentacles of the media how, where they prioritize who, you know, this one we're mm. really supposed to be very concerned about those other ones over there. Those people, the less is less important. It's like, well, but a lot of kids got shot in Chicago this weekend. Aren't we going to be talking about them? Yeah, right. we're not going to worry about that. We're going to focus on this one. So mm. they draw your attention. They play, they play that game. I think your intro in, in the beginning is perfect for this, you know, where they're, right. they're trying, you know, this week, or this for this two week period, or whatever, it's going to be mass shootings. But then that'll sort of taper off, and we'll sort of go, eh, that just happens. And then there'll there'll be a new distraction de jour. So, mm-hmm. so that's the game we they play with us. We it, our job as content creators, people that are paying attention, is to recognize this, point out the patterns, the um, call it before it happens. In some cases, where we can see that they're trying to gin this up, and then just be you know intellectually honest about why, why they're doing this, why we think it should be important for us to, um, you know, to keep an eye on, on all, you know, if we're supposed to care about one, we should care about all of them, but that's yeah. not the way the media works. And they, they definitely have agendas behind this. And I think that, you know, it's one thing to, to sort of, uh, you know, bask in the glory of shootings if you're the media, but, but, but it's another thing for them to, 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 to rank which ones are priorities as opposed to others i mean in in a in in an authentic world they'd all matter but apparently that's not the way it works
1: well i mean it's weird and this is the thing it's it's that we have to not shy away from pointing out that is racism i mean if you're literally going to be like well that shooting matters more because of the color of their skin i mean this is the actual definition of it not to lean into the same like the point is that that's a valid point to make racism exists in the world people are this way but to the overrepresentation the overcompensation and then using that overrepresentation for political means i mean that's just gross in every possible way you can look at it you know and i think just to start out that because we're going to go through all sorts of topics today with all varying opinions and, and and you know perspectives but that just like taking the shooting example which i know you would agree with that there's so many varying levels of how we're deceived by the government and have been or just people in authority or people in positions of power. And so when you're looking at let's just take a shooting or this one or any other, it doesn't just by by we have to be willing to ask the hard questions. Could that be entirely fake? Why it's even a, a, we have to be afraid to say that, you know, it's, it's because they they've created this, you know, the Overton window kind of discussion area where you're not allowed to ask those questions, but wait a minute here, they were caught for doing that. Oh, but no, no, no. You're still not allowed to ask that question. It's very intriguing to me. And then of course we get misrepresented as acting as if everything's fake all the time without any questioning. That's not what's happening. We're simply going, could it be, you know? And then also one last point is that, that, you know, the, the layers from there can go further to where it could be a real shooting that was then still used. And faked or manipulated, or it's an illusion to some degree. There's so many varying levels there. It's just you know nuance, as always, right?
2: <laughs> well, the great Rahm Emanuel will tell you never let a good crisis go to waste. But also the 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 addend- addendum to that is, um, and if a good crisis doesn't come along, feel free to manufacture one. So right. so they 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 no longer are allowed to mock us. For questioning the validity of these events, because so many of the events have turned out to not be real right. or authentic, and so if it's it is reasonable for us to ask the question: Is everything that we're seeing about this uh, really honest? I mean, why why are we seeing this? In some cases, you're not allowed to see these things, but now this is being promoted. It's reasonable to ask the question, and of course, if the question is, if the answer is everything that we saw is exactly the way it played out, then fine. But I. I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that because too many times they've been using Kentucky gun range footage or Mm -hmm. video games or whatever is and saying look, look, it's the ghost of Kiev and everything. okay at some point, like you guys have lost your credibility. It's reasonable for us to question the things that we see. In fact, I think the byline of your show, you know, question everything. I question this stuff. It doesn't it's not it's important for us to remember. It's not disrespectful for us to question it's this. To it's in fact it's quite the opposite. It's disrespectful right. to, to to not question this. If I'm if I'm um, if 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 you know if a family member of mine was involved in one of these these mass shootings, I, I would want answers. I would want real answers. I wouldn't want people saying don't question this, don't question. It. No, no, no. Question everything and then give me exactly. the answers to it so it's important for us well, i know we're
1: open to all possibilities i always add that because people think that's like as if we're just saying
2: fake 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 that's not what it means we're just right. simply
1: questioning whether it could be one way or the other while being open to all possibilities and it's sure
2: important. yeah and, and it's it's our it's our duty and obligation to question this because we because we have a a, a system that that lies to us constantly i mean if exactly. if if you were if you were in a relationship with your significant other like the relationship that you have with the mainstream media you would have to file a restraining order you know what i mean they are they're constantly lying to you telling you that you're imagining things gaslighting on a level that is is incomprehensible and 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 then you know saying you're the crazy person for for questioning this no 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 we're well past that i'm not going to i'm not going to allow somebody that doesn't understand how this whole all, all works to tell me that i'm being disrespectful for asking questions about this i'm going to ask the questions because it's important that we get Real answers, not manufactured ones, not narratives, not the not this is you know we're all, oh well what color was the shooter first before we're allowed to dig into this? It's like listen, if that's the criteria, then let's just admit that we're dealing with some propaganda here. So um, you know, and I and I I don't know the ins and outs of all of these recent shootings that we've had in the last couple of days. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll dig into it over the days and weeks to come. But I just haven't I have an understanding from a previous uh, relationship with the media that they don't they don't tell you the truth Mm -hmm. you have to dig for it on your own and you have to um you know you have to not be afraid to push through those boundaries that they set up there to block people from digging into what's actually going on
1: right i mean i would even take it a step further that let's just say you have somebody that has just impeccable credibility that's never, ever, ever been seen to get whatever you still have the right to go. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're confused. Maybe they got that information and maybe they, have the best of intentions, you know, it's, it's not all encompassing the way that it's, this is, it's, it, I made this joke the other day. Everything is, tur- is currently binary except sexuality, right? You're right. allowed <laughs> to think two ways except for that, you know, and that's, but that's how they frame it, right? It's left or yeah. right. It's this or that. And you're just not allowed to find the middle ground where it's like, well, I'm still, cons- I still think it could be true, but I'm not allowed to ask questions. It, it's incredible. And we'll go through this today and go through some of these topics and, and, and kind of highlight how ridiculous this has become. I thought it would be interesting to start with this, Twitter discussion. Yes. Just because this is really it's interesting how important I mean I shouldn't say important. I I frankly find this sort of to be a I mean sort of I this is a ma- manipulation. I for a lot of different reasons. Not to say that Elon's buying of it and so on is there might not be some validity there. Maybe he's genuine and wanting to do it, but I think this is being used in a lot of different ways, but it's weird how it became this almost very central part of this conversation where you know the free speech battle and and the left versus right and oh he only wants to do this so he can allow white supremacists to attack minorities it's just like it's ridiculous it's become there, nothing means anything anymore there's no evidence to anything it's just wink wink we know what he actually thinks which is pretty stupid when you think about it like putin's playbook how are you actually arguing you know what these people think and feel like how did we actually get to that point so what are your general thoughts on this first of all before we dive into what's currently happening like on the whole back and forth and twitter
2: yeah well, I'll tell you, I mean, it. it I, I don't make it my my place to to put too much trust in uh, billionaires. Right. I don't um, I don't I'm not going to say that they're all bad just by the you know, just by the fact that they have a lot of money that could be that could come in, in, a, in an altruistic way. I mean, I, I don't know. But in Elon Musk's case, with regard to the Twitter uh, purchase or per- potential purchase, I'll tell you why I'm interested in it and why I kind of like it not because i think he's going to come in and magically sprinkle fairy dust and make everything work but he's he's forced people to take a position of being against free speech no, by his point, yeah. by the by implying that he is for free speech and these people are very worried about him so they have now outed themselves as being against free speech or maybe maybe it's more uh, maybe they would frame it as we're just in in favor of protected speech or or some, some form yeah, of it, but, on
1: free speech, which is contradictory.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So they, they've got, you know, well, listen, it's going to, it's going to affect the most marginalized of our communities. Really? Is that what, is that what is actually going to happen? Or is that just what you say to yourself right. so that you don't sound like you're anti-free speech? Like you stand, you sound like you're standing up for the little guy when in actuality, you just don't want this guy exposing the lies. I like, I like this. I like... I like that he's he's called these people out and forced them to take a position. Uh, I also think it's interesting that during this due diligence process that he's currently going through, um, talking about the percentage of bots on Twitter. And he's saying, well, they said it's less than 5%. If it's less than 5%, then it's no big deal, but we're going to examine that. Now, this is an interesting play because either it forces them to change their algorithms in advance and clean up the bot situation, or they get exposed and he points out where the the actual percentages of bots and then he can do he can do a couple things he can renegotiate his purchase price based on on the actual advertising revenue that should be calculated based on how many human beings are really there yes, he's he's simultaneously destroyed their advertising model because none of their advertisers are going to trust them anymore and if everything goes south he's got a billion dollar breakup a fee that's paid to him if everything goes uh-huh. wrong, so in theory, he could clear out the the woke left from there, he could expose the bot community, he could destroy the relationship with their advertisers and make a billion dollars on top of it all. so if that was the if that's the if that's the worst case scenario here, then at least it's going to put the fear in the people running Twitter that there is at least some sort of oversight and I think one of the interesting points that he brought out was how little skin in the game the board of directors actually had in Twitter. Mm-hmm. When you have when you have guys like Bob Zellick, a former head of the World Bank who owns no Twitter shares and has never tweeted and he's sitting on the board of directors and he's a a member of the uh, or former member of the Project for the New American Century and the head of the World Bank, why is that guy on your board? If mm-hmm. not to just clearly be somebody that controls information. So it's been it's been nice to at least examine that. And of course, I'm not I'm not here to say. I mean, Elon Musk depends on the government for a lot, right? He's got subsidies with Tesla. He's got subsidies with space or contracts with SpaceX. He's literally putting CIA sp- uh, satellites up in in orbit for them. So nothing about that says trustworthy. But I do have to acknowledge that I like the game he's playing with Twitter, if for no other reason than he's stirring people up and causing them to reevaluate Twitter's role in society. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's very, very interesting take on that. I've got a couple of things I want your, your take on, but real quickly, do you, do you think it's possible? I mean, I, I, it's, I think I, I, my opinion before I even ask you is I think that he's a, one of the biggest trolls out there today. He just, he has a very, very, he has a knack of putting himself right in the center of a conversation, you know whether or not. But so this is all just one big troll to maybe to his benefit. I'm going to, my video'll go away for 1 second. Go ahead and give me your thoughts
2: on that. Well, um he 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 is a troll. He's a he's a world-class troll and and he's an intelligent guy. So he sees things that a lot of the general public doesn't see and he's he's got an a interesting way of of dealing with it. I I do appreciate the fact that he's Talking about some controversial topics there, and 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 he's he's forcing people to examine the ridiculousness of the way that 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 not just Twitter is set up, but the way that the 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 left is is you know uh, apoplectic about the, this potential infringement on their protection racket that they have towards speech on this platform. So he's he's done some great things in terms of pointing out the 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 left's insanity. But again...
0: What do
1: you think about the, the, the two-party paradigm aspect of this, though? Like, I'm not going to... I think it's quite obvious. I'm just more of the mind that this whole which side is playing the crazy role goes back and forth over a decade or so. But in this case right now, do you really see the, the a partisan thing to this? Because personally, it stands out to me being much, much bigger than a partisan play. I feel like that's the surface-level angle to it, when in reality, it's much more about you know, the AI mapping and the, you know, like for instance, it's been it revealed that his Starlink satellite technology was given to the Ukrainian, you know, extremists on the ground and the Pentagon helped them do that. And he even yeah. responded going like, ah, you don't know what Nazis are. Yeah, we kind of do. And I think you do too. And that's why you yeah. said that, but you know, what do, do you think it's partisan at its core va- level or not?
2: Well, well, I mean, no, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's in the billionaire class. That's the, they're, 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 they're they're above, you know, I think at its core, I mean, these guys all go play golf together when when they're not in they're when they're not in Congress. And, and, you know, they're, they're all uh, uh, playing golf with Lockheed Martin executives and and the like. So it's, it's the, it's the George Carlin, it's big club uh, philosophy. And, you know, look, he's part of this. You have to be part of it when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're running companies that are so dependent on handouts and subsidies and approvals and legislation by the United States government, you sort of have to play that game a little bit, but, but yeah, I agree. He's a troll. He's a troll. And I don't, and I, you know, I kind of like, I feel like there's a little bit of a libertarian in him, but, mm. but it, you know, it's,
1: I would just say like, for instance, it's the hard. box hard, fam discussion, it's I, I, like how this plays out will show us a lot. And, yes, and we, but you know, if it's only focused on one side or the other, I'm not going to buy it because we, I, we, and everybody know. I mean, if anyone honest is going to be, should be aware that there's plenty of bots on every side of every conversation, including stuff that's above partisan, not left or right. And there's still bots out there trying to push larger agendas for the world economic forum. Like these things exist. Right. And I wouldn't, to frame like the whole great reset as a left thing is we're being, we're, we're losing ourselves in the partisan illusion. In my opinion, it's much yeah, bigger, than that,
2: Right. There's one comment that he did make that I agreed with, and I didn't. It didn't get a ton of play, but he said, you know, if we're doing this right, I should have about 10% of the left and 10% of the extreme, you know, of the extreme left and the extreme right very angry at me, and then about 80% that are that are happy. I thought that was that was an interesting take too, because yeah. we we do we do sort of bash the the loony left w- with regard to social media, but we have to also k- keep in mind that that is not to to say that there isn't a far right component to it as well. I don't I don't know that it is sorry well, I, I don't know that the far right component is 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 as com- is as completely unhinged as the far left. I mean the far left is so cartoonish that it it makes for better it makes for you know better talking points or it's just fun to to, to kind of uh, to pick on them but again, there's extremes on both sides too and and, right. and if and he is correct in that regard that if if he's doing what he should be doing then the extremes on on both edges should be very nervous of him.
1: And last point on this, and I was, what I was going to say is you shouldn't have to qualify it and be like, but they're crazy too, but we have to, that's the way the world is today. You know, you have to be like, but I, I didn't vote for Clinton, but I don't like Trump either. You know, it's like, we're always right. back and forth, you know, but, yeah. but yeah. I, I, again, I think the way this pans out will explain, will let us see a lot of this, but even to the 10% idea, that's kind of the illusion of like, well, we'll give one story to the left, one story to the right of the media. It's not real, you know, that's not the way the world works. So it's like, I feel like we're paying, or I think we're being kind of spoon fed into an illusion with this. My, my last feeling is going to be, this is all about, as he even made clear that he's pulling away from the advertising model. What would you, then how are you going to make money if he ends up being in control? Well, that's going to be your data. That's what this is really about. AI data. Cause I mean, really what is, there's nothing closer than human consciousness on the internet than Twitter right now. Right.
2: I, yeah, I do have one fear about Mm -hmm. this that he that he talked about he sold it as a benefit but it could wind up not being so and that was he wants to get rid of the bots and he wants to have more verification of actual human beings my fear is right what is that verification going to look like is that going to be internet id card is this the the on-ramp to internet ID. Is this, you know, we're going to need to know a little bit more about you. Well, you know, know a little bit more about me. Let's just say, let's say I want to continue and participate on Twitter or wherever, and it's going to require additional identification from me. Well, now I've outed myself for one, and now I've given some very valuable data to a company that might be worth more than just a little bit of advertising here and there. So we have to be very careful about they're selling the benefit or he's selling the benefits right now, but we have to be careful what that uh, really entails coming down the line.
1: I was just trying to find my tweet there from before. I'm glad you said that. This is a thought that kind of jumped in my head and I forgot about it. but we need to be very clear about what's happening with this bots discussion. See, as we spend 20 minutes talking about this topic is weirdly enough how this topic is important for a lot of reasons, yeah. but the idea that it, what are we talking about exactly? We're we talking about bots. Or are we talking about anonymity? Because they're not the same thing, and that's a problem. Because I'm pretty sure the way he keeps framing it is just about they're just generally using bots and anonymity is kind of the same thing. And the 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 you know the powers that shouldn't be, depending on what side he is on that discussion, frame their bots as not the bots and they frame people who are anonymous as the bots as like partisan girl got famously called a bot back then. Remember this is the idea or excuse me, Syrian girl. That's the the name on her Twitter account, but that's where I'm worried about this going is that he's going to step in as an argument of getting rid of the left bots and it becomes, you no longer have anonymity and you have to prove who you are. And you know, we see where that goes. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. We really need to ask these questions about where this goes. And you know, maybe even that Elon Musk doesn't realize that he's part of that manipulation. That's certainly possible too. You know, Yeah. Now, I, I want to step into the conversation of, of one of the first things I want to get into with you is the Buffalo thing and this whole vanilla ISIS and, and Azov movement and where this seems to be going. But I thought this was really funny. I saw this today. It, it, this meme is circulating. It's really t- the Will Smith thing, but it's got a clip of an article that we've shared, which is actually a free thought project article. But it just kind of shows you that people are thirsty. For this kind of information, and really what the tweet says for those on the podcast is, I said, look at what circulating memes have a way of reaching people. Oh, that, that's not the important part, but this is a T-Lab link I shared. But it says, why does the FBI always know about the shooters before they commit their massacres? <laughs> and, and it just has an example of this article right here. Or actually, oops, that's not where we're starting. Where was it? Did I lose it? Oh, shoot. I don't think I had it up. Dang it. <laughs> that's my fault. Here, I'll grab it really quickly. But uh, it's it's a discussion of a, a – I think it's 2017 – a kid, a mentally handicapped kid who got framed essentially by the FBI. Are you familiar with this story? Yes, I am. Yeah. And and so the, get credit to Matt Agris from the Free, Free Thought Project, a great article from 2018. And it's just interesting. This is all being dredged back up. And it's going like, well, look at how interesting that is about how this kid who was mentally mentally challenged, basically got taken advantage of by the FBI. And they would have literally put this kid in jail if the parents hadn't found out this was happening. And yeah. this happens every day the FBI or the CIA setting things up to then be stopped. You know, just quick thought on that before we jump into how that relates to the bigger conversation.
2: Well, it's something that the average consumer of information has no idea about. They, they would never even consider this to be uh, you know, this is, this is conspiracy theory to them. The first time you hear this, this is, Oh, get out of here. You guys with your tinfoil hats and everything. And it's like, no, no, wait a second. Not only is this real, it's a pattern. We've got the 1993 bombers. We've got uh, sheep dip Timothy McVeigh. We've got uh, we've got a whole list of the FBI just happen you know that just happened to show up at the same time when these events are going off. It's just I mean if I didn't know any better I'd say that maybe they were involved. Wait a second they are involved. Now Now more
1: than that they like you know like meetings on the record. It's like oh look they met with the FBI three times before they ended up you know right almost every time.
2: We're like, how did this happen? What, why weren't we aware of this? That's the, you know, the parents are screaming that. And then it's like, well, the FBI did interview the guy on two different occasions, but they didn't do anything about it. And it's like, oh, dang it. We almost had him. No, no. You had him and you put him in this position to for, to make it happen. This isn't some guy that accidentally slipped through your fingers. He was placed there. They're all, you know, these these have been now whether, and there's different variations of that, you know, we're like you know the guys that are literally put on the airplanes the underwear bomber the abdul mutalav you know these these guys the richard reeves and uh abdul mutalav they can't couldn't plot to uh, make reservations at the olive garden on saturday night you think these guys are masterminding blowing up airplanes i mean this is preposterous and well, yet here we go you get a lot another low iq A radicalized young male who has these ideas, always has a manifesto. What do you know? We just keep finding these manifestos because God knows if I before I commit a mass shooting, the one thing I want to do is write out. I'm going to detail everyone who was involved and how I did it and why I thought I wanted to do it and Black Lives Matter and whatever the agenda is. It's just all very convenient. And it's like they're like it
1: dominant straight from 4chan. It's like you just printed out 4chan is what that base that manifesto that looks like. But before but before uh,
2: we get oh good. Good. Well, but America is so used to A one-hour crime drama that they assume that we're just going to figure it out in an hour. Like, how come we haven't found this guy? You know, how how come we haven't figured this all out? It it happened yesterday. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes these investigations take months, if not years. So the idea that we're just going to wrap it all up nicely in in sixty minutes on a TV show or in two days in a a mass uh, shooting—it's just I think it's unrealistic. And when it does happen like that, where it's like, oh well, we got all the information, case closed like that's when you should be getting extremely suspicious because these, these investigations theoretically should take a long, long, long time. But uh, you know, the FBI's fingerprints are always there. That's just, the truth well, of the matter.
1: For those in the podcast, just so it's not confusing, what, what we're looking at at the moment is an article from 2018, and it's entitled, and I should have read this first, Parents Catch FBI and Plot to Force Mentally Ill Son to Be a Right-Wing Terrorist. And what we were just discussing there kind of tangentially was the idea of how the FBI will set these people up in this case, but then on top of that, also... You know, you use people like have people in their custody that they then don't end up catching. But there's the question of whether that was being set up and how that worked out. But in this case, this was a kid that was not this person, right, who was being driven to it. And the parents found out. The question is, why would he be a right wing terrorist? He's not a right wing individual. The guy wasn't even understand. It's interesting. And the point for me about this one article before we go on to the Buffalo discussion is about how this is being set up using somebody who's not right wing. Like, so what the agenda is very clear all the way back then to create this right wing domestic terrorism kind of illusion. If they have to fake it like this, then that should show you something. You know what yeah. I mean? And that just yeah. really stood out to me. And then my point was the fact that this is being picked back up by people just on the Internet and sharing memes about it. It's it's there's something going on here that people are very aware of that. I think the average person isn't putting together is the majority opinion right now. That's my opinion, though. I, yeah. I say that a lot. But
2: well well the the, the 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 you know we we we've kind of joked about this with in the you know about the way the media deals with these shootings and obviously it's not a joke but it's it's just it's kind of it's it's like wow you know when 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 the black guy it is driving a car in Waukesha running over all of these white pedestrians. It's an SUV went out of control and ran over a bunch of people. When it's a white guy, it's like they specifically say a white man who was radicalized and had a MAGA sticker, had a MAGA hat on and a, you know, Gadsden flags, you know, sticker on the back of his car. I mean, they go into excruciating detail, but when when it's somebody that doesn't fit the narrative that they want, they're like, well, something might've just happened. It just randomly happened. And so the media is disgusting in the way that they, they do this, but they do it in a way that I think the average person doesn't really pick up on it. You're very good at pointing this out. You, you, you know, you're like this, 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 here's the, here are the receipts. You know, you don't have to look too hard. You can see them. You can see how they're trying to manipulate this story. They're trying to take it one direction. But, but to your point, if they have to invent right wing extremists that go shooting people up then how big of a problem can it be because theoretically if you if it's such a huge problem you would have your pick of all of these insane people then right. they would just be happening these events would be happening uh, all over the place but but if you have to go out and specifically groom a guy and and it takes somebody who isn't right wing and kind of frame him that way then that is more of an indicator that there's obviously it's an agenda and that goes without saying but also it might be uh, more of an indication that the right wing is less of a problem than 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 they're making it out to to be, but but yeah. of course that's for political purposes. So.
1: Yeah, well, no, but I mean it's important to point out that you know that's not to suggest that there's not people on the right or any other ideology that are extremists and it would of course out right. That's just basic understanding of the world. The problem is like you're saying is it's overrepresented in certain ways, politicized, and if they have to make these things up and fake them, then they just like that's the main point you should take away from what he said there is that. that very clearly suggests that at the very least, it's not this all-encompassing, international, reaching, growing problem that they, you know, it, it. at the very least, they want you to think that's the case. And then you should ask why that would be. Yeah. So the Buffalo shooter. Now, again, the same point here is it, I'm already watching people take like who didn't even watch the very beginning of my last show on this going to act like this guy calls everything fake. And I'm like, well, I didn't call it fake. In fact, I literally said, I'm pretty sure it's real, but maybe you doing due, due diligence would be beneficial to you. They just they, they have like a narrative set for what they think that we are. And they assume we're just like QN on kind of thing, like fake news, all like this, and you know, whatever else, and the left doing it, and that's not what we're doing. Like, my opinion is that this seems like people, like, I'm of the mind that it doesn't make sense very much anymore for them to just like whole cloth fake these things, if they 100%, I mean, I shouldn't say that, I know for a fact they've completely faked, like, wag the dog style things in the past, I've covered it myself, but- To this point today, i just don 't think it makes sense because of how hyper attuned we are to this stuff, like everybody 's breaking this stuff down, so it makes much more sense that they would take the people that they are already trying to radicalize. We saw that with January six, we saw that with QAnon on stuff they try- There are people that are not intelligent enough and will get you know pulled into this the same way they did it with the extremists in Syria. Right. I mean, Saudi Arabia admitted that the people at the top of these ISIS, high al sham levels to some degree didn't actually believe the ideology they were using to radicalize people beneath them, you know, and, and using that idea. But some of them did believe it. So my point, I guess, is this person could just genuinely believe that he's fighting some kind of a battle. But it still makes the whole thing an illusion because of who drove it forward, who funded it, who grew the idea. You know, so it's a mixed bag. It's pet nuance as always. So yes. I wanted to point out this article that I saw today. Talking about the, or technically yesterday, something like I'm getting a little bit of an echo just heads up, uh, that ultimately they, he's putting the names of the, the, the what you just discussed, the Christmas parade victim on the rifle, which would suggest a little bit of a differing opinion about what his actual ideology would be. Adding to that, in his manifesto, it's literally stated, he says, on the political compass, I fall in the mid-moderate authoritarian left category. So I just thought that was an interesting point to start at. Yeah. Right? What do you think about that? Is this person... What they're framing him as, and and if or is this manifest we've been legitimate? I mean, I'm questioning the whole damn thing right
2: now. I would be questioning all of it. It's um, look, he it, the visuals are obvious. He's a white young male, and that and that puts you right to the front of the line in terms. I saw some memes that were like the, you know, it was a joke. Like the media was like, finally, he's white, you know, and they that they enjoy this, that they need this to to fuel um their their agenda. So it's 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 a. Uh, Look at it, it. These guys are, these guys are getting, uh, you don't, you don't need to fake it. So to your point about that, it could be fake. We definitely have seen events where they are fake. And, and, and of course I, I believe nothing that comes out on the media. And so until I can prove otherwise, but you don't really need to fake it. All you need to do is promote it. You know, you, like I said, there's, there's a, a variety of shootings happening every day, Every day, unfortunately, in the world that we live in. And it's just a matter of which ones get the most attention. And so, if you're trying to sell an agenda, then you amplify a certain story and you um, de boost something else that doesn't fit with the narrative. That's why, you know, I mean, like, I I think to me, like, a prime example of this was with the George Floyd shooting situation or the George Floyd uh, uh, event where he was choked out and killed that event happened and it was a big big story obviously everywhere you know you went it would you couldn't get away from the George Floyd component of it but why was that particular situation amplified and Tamir Rice wasn't a 15-year-old who was shot in the back by police 2 seconds after literally 2 seconds after the the police arrived on the scene so George Floyd gets amplified Tamir Rice gets suppressed why is that? It seems like there's an agenda. There's a, They've made a de- decision on who the boogeyman is going to be. We're going to raise this up. We're going to create um, a, a big movement around this particular person. Well, okay, I have I don't like to see, you know, I don't like to see George Floyd get choked out either. But if I was ranking this in terms of what makes my stomach turn the most, I would have had Tamir Rice be the focal point of that. A a 15 year old kid getting shot in the back Mm -hmm. by a cop. Same thing. Cops killing a black person, uh, totally unjust, you know, or unjustified or however you want to frame it um, should be outrage. But there was there was manufactured outrage for the George George Floyd at the expense of some of the other Eric Garner, whatever. I mean, you name it. There's a bunch of these instances happening. Why does one story get elevated and the other doesn't? So it's the media's role in this. And of course, there's an agenda behind it. And they're being told this is what we're working on now. This is the this is the new project we're going to, you know, Ukraine flags are are sort of eh, let's just, you know, it's. It's uh, it's now it's about shootings, and we'll keep everyone on edge about that, and then we'll pivot to something else. Uh, you know, three weeks later,
1: I'm kind of of the mind though that the the media. I mean, I we don't. I should if, giving them even a little bit of credit is too much credit for these people in these ridiculous positions. I don't. I think that these people are mindless followers. And I, I mean, they, I think they're victims of believing their own BS, really, to a large degree. To, I mean, even even polit- politicians, take the, the Pelosi, for example, you know, these kind of, do we really think this woman knows what she's talking? I mean, look at the way she can barely speak properly today or a Biden or anybody no. on the right the same way. Look at Graham. I don't think these people are even that smart, personally. Maybe I'm wrong. My no. point is, I think that they are towing lines and a lot of them don't even realize that they're like, they're watching the same mainstream media right they're they are actually victims of the propaganda themselves and are you know what i mean go ahead you well, that?
2: we saw that with uh justice sotomayor who was regurgitating msnbc talking points about covid and that were wildly inaccurate and you're like you're the supreme court you're supposed to know this to, aren't you're not working off better source material than msnbc like this is crazy to me and it's, uh, to, to your point i think you're right like we maybe make the assumption when I say the media's in on it, I, I should reframe that. I should say that the Jeff Zucker's of the world, the yeah. people at the top that are, you know, it comes down from them. They they're the ones that say, "Well, you know, we're sort of pivoting uh, to climate change from Trump when we had that Project Veritas call and everything like that." There's a decision that's made to right. pivot to this, and then and then, you know, all the underlings, like you said, the the mindless uh, media employees, they just follow the the. They just follow what the topic is and and they just go down that that path. And that brings me back to, it reminds me of the, the Noam Chomsky interview that he did years ago with some guy, I don't remember exactly where he was from. I want to say the BBC because he was British, but it might not have been, but, but the, they're sort of going back and forth. And the, the interviewer says, no, wait a second. Are you trying to tell me that I don't believe the things that I say? And Chomsky says, no, I'm trying to say that if you believe something different, you wouldn't be sitting there. So I think that there's a, a lot of compliance that goes along in the fact that in the media, it's not even so much. It's like, You just wouldn't be employed at MSNBC if you weren't willing or if you didn't have this sort of predisposition to believing this stuff anyway. So I don't think it's necessarily that they're all nefarious, mustache-twirling maniacs there. I think that they're just kind of mid-IQ go along to get along. I want to keep this job type of people. And they probably believe half of the stuff anyway. And so it doesn't really require much coercion from the top.
1: I agree. Manufacturing consent. And that's, I mean, as much as I hate to point out the obvious about how he's seemingly lost his direction today but (laughs) but the discussion is still very valid and and the idea of as you said that they it's not that they even are aware of that that they they wouldn't be in that position if they didn't already hold beliefs that drive the same direction so they think they're just making their own decisions i mean you you can make the same argument police force military i mean it's cultivated and it's over the process of a very long period of time from high levels. And this is openly discussed stuff. I mean, they could argue they do it for certain traits. And I mean, look at what's happening today. Now they're going, oh, it's overrun with white supremacy. It's it's just another thing in the same direction of how they cultivate what they want and how, I mean, you could even argue from a larger perspective that they've cultivated a certain kind of mentality in the military. So it could then be used. Now, I don't even, I don't necessarily think that. I don't think that the problem they're trying to frame and this country or pretty much anywhere is what they, what they say it is personally. I just don't to our point. They wouldn't have to fake all this stuff if that was the case, but this brings us to the the point of where I see this all going. And this is, it's just so plainly obvious that this is being used. I mean, you could like to my point from the very beginning. I mean, this is a sad reality of that. I do believe this this woman died and this person was shooting people. I do. I, that's my opinion. I think that based on the ends in front of us, it seems pretty obvious. If there's more that's going to be presented that does challenge whether it happened or whatever else, I'm always open to that. But my opinion is this happened and that people died, and so it is sad. So that being said, even then, it's still being used. And as we as I'm showing here, hashtag Vanilla ISIS. And I just like, I mean, this this was a joking term when this first kind of came around. And I, and, we, and Whitney and I have been really drilling this down and continuing to show, look, guys, this is building a narrative from, I mean, really the beginning of the CIA and at the time it was against the Soviet Union in Ukraine. The, their mm-hmm. own documentation makes that clear. But coming to 2014 forward, they have been constructing this issue. They want to create the, the illusion of a white supremacy, conservative leaning problem. And the documentation seems to suggest they were planning to lay it at the feet of Putin. I think the work of the independent media has exposed this. And now I'm not sure they have the direction. I don't know. I'm not sure what they want to go in, but this vanilla ISIS thing is very interesting to me. And I wanted your take on this this real quick here, that this is the the trending.
2: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, according to Joe Biden, the number one problem in in America is white supremacy. Right. And yet it's totally ridiculous because I, I mean, I could, I couldn't get any whiter if I tried, right. I am white to, you know, as white as you can be. I've never been approached by anybody. I feel a little bit offended, frankly, that nobody's approached me to try and join one of their white supremacy gangs or groups. I've never seen anybody that's in it. I don't know anybody that's in it. I don't know. It. It's, it's not a problem. In fact, I saw a, a, a survey or something that came. I forget the details of it. and They they were asking. It was a well, uh, I guess a, a, they put it out to quite a few people and they asked like them to rank the problems and everything. White supremacy was, didn't make the top 25. It's not an issue. It's not a problem. No, or, no. To be clear, are there some people that are uh, white people that are extremely racist against other uh, against other colored people or ideologies? Of course, of course, that goes without saying. But is it the biggest threat to America? No, it's not even yeah. a blip on the radar. So when the media tries to make that so something, and you're looking around, you know, you've, you, you're the Bill Hicks. You know, you open your w- window, stick your head out, and it's crickets, right? And you're like, "Where's all this white supremacy?" I was promised, you know, it's it's supposed to be everywhere, and and it, yet it's and yet I don't see it anywhere except on the nightly news. Where you know, same with COVID deaths. I was promised bodies stacked up on the sidewalks and just uh, just floating morgue ships being brought in because we were just over where is it i mean i'm glad it didn't happen but i was promised this to say but who's who's telling me to expect this it's always yeah. the media it's right always There's, the media they're, they're, the, oh no, well whether it's jfk 911 covid or mass shootings or whatever wherever those those topics are being discussed it's the mainstream media that's driving the getaway car Every single time, because without them, none of these agendas would stick. It's repetition. It's preying on your fear. It's uh, a psychological tr- trauma-based mind control and those sorts of things. It's using you know certain sounds and tones like ring, you know, breaking news, and you're like, oh, geez, you know, is the president dead? You know, it used to be that when we were kids, like if it was breaking news, it was like, oh no, and then it's like now it's breaking news, and you're like, the Fed has agreed to raise interest rates a quarter of a point. And you're like. That's breaking news. Like, you know, so they, they're like Pavlovians dogs, right. Cause they're conditioning us to, to come back to this, this new piece of information that's really important for us. And, 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 and so they've, they've weaponized the news and created, they've created, you know, a whole, a whole, uh, narrative that really doesn't exist out there. I mean, from from dead bodies to to white supremacy i mean if if we went by the media's real uh you know, the, the way that they prioritize and talk about this with, you know, 40% of the news is about this particular topic. You would go out to the grocery store expecting to just see COVID everywhere, or you would expect to see, you know, neo-Nazis handing out flyers and pamphlets in front of the grocery store. And then yet none of this is happening. So it's, um, it, you know, I, I, I have no respect for the mainstream media. That's, that's, quite obvious, but, but it's more than just not having respect for them. They're, they're, they're extremely dangerous. They pollute our minds. And then we drag this information out into our real world and start having conversations with people. And they, and, you know, like as if white supremacy really is the number one issue in America. And by the way, if it were the number one issue, I would say, let's do something about it, but it's not. So therefore I don't really get too wrapped up in it, you know?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, I'm going to quickly take us off screen because it seems like for those in the chat, it looks like our, our stream is struggling a little bit with the with the video. So just heads up. So that's why I'm doing that. But so what's interesting to me is that it, there's no factual background. Like the idea, like you said, you know, and it shouldn't even have to be about only white people. Are there extremists? Of every color out there, yes is the answer. In any situation, you're going to find black people that believe negative things about white people, white people that believe negative things about other races. It's just the way the world works. But the question is whether or not it's what they're framing it as. And you can make an example of something like with, uh, you know, Putin and how Russia is the biggest threat to democracy around the world. Now, it's pretty ridiculous to think about this. Now, am I going to pretend that, that Russia's government is not dangerous like I think every government is? No, I'm very clear about how I think all these governments are dangerous. But if you're going to try to make an argument that Russia, let's say, as the government of Russia, is the biggest threat to democracy, you can't stand next to what the U.S. government has done around the world just in the last decade and pretend like that's not – You can't, it's, it's an insult to your intelligence. You can't just yell freedom because, as they destroy people's countries and pretend it's not the same thing. So we come back to the same conversation now. And it's like, it's, it's, they just want to make out one guy with a tattoo to be everything in the world, except you can have an entire movement over in Ukraine with symbols everywhere. And they're like, no, you don't understand, you know, it's just a manipulation. And then my other point would be that, what is a threat here? Like, so the, I, they're. Putting, let's say, white supremacy is the biggest threat, the biggest issue. Like you just framed it as, what are we talking about? What? So you're talking about an ideology is the biggest threat, or are we talking about people that act on that ideology? Right? It's right. becoming very convoluted, isn't it? Where are now yeah. it's because oh, you think certain things. Now you're direct violence. Now, we've already seen this agenda building, haven't we?
2: For sure, yeah. And if it was just if it was as dangerous as they're saying it is, we would be seeing uh, protest. We would be seeing you know people getting dragged from their homes and murdered by these white supremacists and everything. It's just an idea and a dumb idea at that, to be honest. So, um, but, but again, like you, like you mentioned a a little bit earlier, we cannot pretend that we can't take the media at their word and just pretend that say with the example of Russia, that Russia is the biggest threat to democracy. You, you cannot say that while living simultaneously in a world where the United States military invades countries on the regular and makes no, you know, and pretends like they're spreading freedom and democracy. And is so one-sided about, about all of this. You, you can't, uh, you, you can't hold both of those thoughts at the same time because, right. because look what we do under the guise of, of freedom is reprehensible and if russia is invading countries uh, you know to to take their land and everything that can be reprehensible as well but to pretend that somehow we're going to rank these and and leave the united states of america out of the rankings is preposterous, insulting. And, um, you know, the rest of the world laughs at us when we, when we do these things, I don't mean you and me, but it, you know, I mean, America in general, mm-hmm. president goes on TV and talks about how, um, you know, we have to stand up against the, the Russian invaders. They're just going into this country and, and the, who do they think they are? They can just invade some sovereign country with the, for no good reason. And everyone's like, Hey man, uh, do you own a mirror? Like, are you, or have you been asleep at the wheel? I know you're working on, you know, I know your brain is not functioning at a high capacity, but like you do realize that we have been doing exactly what you're criticizing Russia for, for like the last two decades consistently. And a bunch of countries that even the average American doesn't even recognize with Yemen and Somalia and Libya and the, the these Syria and all of the the sort of lesser known wars that we've been involved in to pretend that somehow yeah yeah but we were spreading freedom and democracy these russian people they're coming in here and they're sp- they're sp- spreading white supremacy it's like th- this argument is ridiculous and lame and in america it might play but in the rest of the world they rightly laugh at that
1: I don't even know if it plays in America, man. I really genuinely. It probably doesn't. It. Right. Yeah. Well, whether whether that's the illusion, right? That we are being shouted at, like like that. Most people in this country are kind of aware of the illusion, but there's a huge population in the middle that just doesn't know that, or is checked out to a degree that they don't care about either side. But general skepticism was revealed undeniably during COVID nineteen. You don't see that vaccination stall at 50% until they start threatening people's jobs and lives and careers. You know, it's obvious that people were like, nah, I don't know, you know, even, even people that are wearing masks and so on, you know? right. So the bigger discussion here to bring this over to the Buffalo thing, as I, I do want your kind of overall thoughts here, is that I believe that what we're seeing for those that maybe not hear previous discussions, is this is a very obvious construct that's been put together from the New Zealand shooter with the same symbolism, the direct tie to the Azov battalion, in fact, meeting with them, to the the Buffalo shooter with the same symbol who, who basically cited him as his motivation, and the overarching obvious discussion here where we can see that the CIA, on the record, funding, arming, working with the Azov movement, which is not a small regiment, it's the They've immersed themselves throughout the government. So, to what degree do you think this currently is, I don't know, still a part of that agenda? Or maybe I shouldn't even plant that thought. What's your general thought on this? And, you know, where do you see it going?
2: Well, yeah, there's some similarities. That's for sure. I mean, the video is looking a whole lot like the New Zealand video from the same angles, you know, same types yep. of guns and things like this. It's, and why are we allowed to see it? You know, because so much gets buried and suppressed, but yet other things you have to question, why are we, why is, why are we allowed to see this? Why are we, because it's, because it's part, it's designed to make you feel a particular way. They Mm -hmm. want you to feel a particular way The the relationship to, to the Azov battalion in in Ukraine has been a real, a real pain in the butt. I would suggest for the American government, because it's hard for them to, to scream and, and yell about how white supremacy is the number one threat in the United States while simultaneously funding a literal white supremacy group in Ukraine. And then, and then going, Oh, there's nothing to see here. You guys are all wrong. It's like, we don't understand what the symbols mean. I mean, you can, you're going to be able to fool a segment of the population that that doesn't really dig into too much of it, but, but, but anyone that's actually paying attention is going to see these, you know, these very obvious, Conflicts that are uh, conflicts of interest that are going on here between um, what that what America says we're doing and what's actually happening, who we say we're fighting, and who we're actually giving money to. Who's the biggest threat to the homeland? You know, the the Department of Homeland Security is going to be involved in this, no doubt. And that is just as uh, you know, that's got Nazi ties all all over it. You know, I mean, the the Homeland Ryan. I mean, geez, they didn't even oh. bother to. I mean, I thought this new disinformation uh you know why didn't they just call the new dis- ministry of of truth like uh i, I figured they were just going to call it the kgb you know like shorten it <laughs> down or something because they're said so, they're not very creative and and we're, we're we're getting into these uh areas where they're trying desperately to distract you from paying attention to what's actually happening which is look we are supporting white uh, literal nazis in ukraine in order to fight Russia and, and in tr- trying to pretend to the general public that none of this is happening. You can only do that for so long. I mean, at some point Ooh. people are going to figure it out. And we of course have been figuring it out and screaming about it. And what do we get as a reward? We get called conspiracy theorists and tinfoil hat wearing lunatics for pointing out the very obvious things. It's like, don't take my word for it. Go look it up for yourself. The symbols are everywhere. It's, it's so obvious. It's embarrassing. But, but, but I, again, I think, I I take it as a good sign, actually, if if you want to, if you want to get kind of, um, you know, if you want to look at it from a different angle, the fact that they're trying, so they're having to try so hard to spin. This is a good sign. I feel like the wheels are falling off of the trust it, that that even the average person has in the media it's harder and harder for them to craft these stories that it, it requires more uh massaging to get you to 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 feel a certain way it used to be that they could just say it and people would believe it now they have to build a whole backstory of that they have you know the fact that they th- felt the need to go into the you know the, the ghost of kiev and the right. snake island and all these stories and and it's like this is what you do when you're losing the information war. Right. So I take a little bit of I, I take a little bit of solace in that, knowing that this is this is not what they're not acting from a position of strength. They're coming at this from a position of weakness. Their story is so flimsy; it needs constant supervision, and and that's uh, that's a good thing, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. But I feel like to a degree, this is already being couched at a half kind of limited hangout situation where because, as you know, we've been people we've been talking about this yourself and, you know, kind of draw attention to this discussion. But it doesn't just stop at, oh, they got caught for funding these people who are a little bit unsavory. Right. That's kind of how they're ending this sort of like the way they did in Syria, where. Let's let's not forget there's no such thing as moderate rebels. They got blatantly caught lying about that. And they just yes. transitioned it over to going, well, they're on, they're fighting for freedom, and it's not the same thing. That's it's what they're doing now. But that left them in a position where they nobody got account held accountable for that. But this Never. is the full story here. It's not just that they got caught funding these people because that's been on the record for a long time. It's that they were trying to set up these false flag agendas, and this is where they left that narrative and have allowed people – like, okay, people like us have been screaming about this since the moment this started. These guys are neo-Nazi elements. They're all throughout the government. They're trying to create a situation where they can use this to throw it at the Soviet Union back then and now again still at Russia. That's where that needs to go, in my opinion, and then also frame people in this country as being a part of that. If we just leave it as, oh, well, they got caught funding bad guys because they want to regime change Russia. I think that it's not doing us. It's doing a disservice to the full picture, in my opinion. Not, yeah. you know, I think we have to see how broad this really goes and realize how much you and I just as Americans, we are in the crosshairs right now. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what's alarming to me, because I think I see a lot of these kind of quasi independents right now. out there acting like and that's the other part of it for me. It's not just the Azov Regiment. That was 2014. Since then, it is the Azov Movement that has completely overtaken this government. The National Guard, the National Corps, which is their political party, the National Militia, which is the police force that basically monitors pol- elections. I mean, it is all throughout this. Olenia Semenkia, who is their like representative, is a politician. I mean, you got the Svoboda, Svoboda Party, you've got the right sector, Georgia Legion. These are all openly neo-Nazi groups. So this thing is immersed and I think it, like the, the problem is that a lot of this is being couched there and it feels like a win to a degree. We're like, Oh, busted. You're arming bad people, but that's what they do as a matter of policy, right? <laughs> but to a degree, it feels like we're just going, we're, they're letting us have a win because we're they're hoping we don't uncover the real picture here, which is that this is going to be, let will go to that point. Exactly. Actually. I believe that this is going to end up, there we go. Make sure that I think this is going to end up going in the direction of laying this at the feet of something, right? So they're going to say that these people are dangerous to some degree, once it fleshes out to where they can blame it on somebody else, whether that's Russia, whether that's just, I don't know, the conservative movement or however they're kind of trying to work this in. But it's obvious the CIA funded and created this. So what are your thoughts on where you see that going? I mean, because ultimately that they have to blame it on somebody if they don't want to be at fault, right?
2: well we i mean we're not going to blame it on on the american politicians that are funneling tons of money there the politicians right. that have their sons sitting on energy companies boards of directors in ukraine um all of the uh, biolabs that are being built there i'm sure it's all just a gigantic coincidence that the america has their fingerprints on in on the the poorest country in europe just all of a sudden it, it, we're very invested in we're very interested in everything that has to do with ukraine it's it's um well, for some people, it's going to be a wake-up call. For some people, this is going to start them thinking, hey, this seems like maybe we're on the wrong side of this. Sadly, not enough people will wake up be- to, to this. But, but it, it's, uh, well, it's a lot like COVID in, in the sense that yeah. some people are going to get pushed so far that they're going to be forced to see the insanity, the ridiculousness of the narratives, and they're going to go, wait a second, this, this whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. And if this is a lie what else is a lie if ukraine is a lie what was afghanistan what was syria what was this and it's like good you're on the right exactly track the so, same thing right <laughs> i wonder if i wonder if you know you never know with these new the new events that we're all supposed to care so much about that when they push too far and they were you know show their hand at being um, you know Overplaying this or be manipulating it behind the scenes, it's going to wake up a certain percentage of the population. Mm-hmm. that's going to see it and go, "This seems fishy. I don't trust this. I don't." Tr-. You know, for me personally, whenever I see that mainstream media, corporate America, the White House, and the Five Eyes and NATO and, and all of us, all those groups wanting me to feel one way and one way only. I'm allowed to, I'm only allowed, if Facebook says you can't post, you know, nasty messages about Taylor Lorenz, but you can, you can say it's fine to go shoot Russians. (laughs) When I see that sort of coordination, it's a scam, of course. And I think a lot of sort of just the average American or the average viewer who's really not paying attention or not that invested to even some of them, they're going to recognize does seem a little weird that the only opinion I'm allowed to have is that Ukraine is the good guy and Russia's the bad guy. I wonder why that is so if that if 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 nothing good if if the only good thing that comes out of this is that it wakes up some people to realize this manipulation, then I'll take it. but I think that that would be you know, just the starting point, like you said, there's been a lot of interest in this country, uh, going back, you know, at least eight years, probably even beyond. And, um, you know, obviously Soros's involvement and all this. So it's creating, it's, it's causing people to re-examine the way they, um, you know, the relationship they have with the media, the relationship they have with their government, the social media influence of this, It, it seemed a little fishy. And, and so I guess it, when all is said and done, if it wakes people up, I'll take it. But it's just the be, if you're waking up just because of Ukraine, you've got a lot of catching up to do, but welcome to the party.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it comes down to the coordination of it all right? And that it can't be as simple as the left-right paradigm, which is always where they want to couch this. You know, is that like, I mean, where you discussed there, I mean, you can go through multiple administrations. And obviously, the Biden family seems to be very interestingly kind of coordinated through it all, which is something we shouldn't miss. But that it's, it's bigger, and it goes across multiple agendas. But that we should not consider, we should recognize that what's happening there has been long sought. It's been a plan, right? There's been development. Now, again, I just wanted to point out this article that's out. This is uh a new one talking about the replacement theory, which obviously is the big thing in the, the manifesto, which I'm not even sure why we think we know that even the corporate media was like alleged manifesto. Like we don't know for sure. Uh, you know, it's just very strange. The, the picture of him is not even the right picture in there. They use this old picture from somebody else from years ago. You know, it's, it's very strange, but nonetheless, the replacement theory is this very, you know, obviously two party paradigm kind of discussion, not necessarily to argue that there's not the, some truth there, but I thought it was interesting that they had to point out in this discussion of that, the conspiracy theories more racist adherents believe Jews are behind the so-called replacement plan. It says white nationalists marching at, what do you know, Charlottesville, Virginia, turned deadly in 2017, chanting, you will not replace us. Well, guess what? As we know, as a matter of fact, I'm sure you've seen the Rise Above movement, which is the movement that was the primary marching group that they make out to be the white supremacist threat. The impetus for the whole growing white supremacy problem directly, The they're considered the international arm in the United States of the Azov movement. I don't know if you knew that, but that I mean th- that's on the record. They actually met with them in person. Olenia Semenkia has different press releases. Even Bellingcat was pointing this out because before this we got to this point. Let's remember they wanted us to see that the Azov movement was dangerous. We have to yep. remember that the, the articles were being written left and right, right up until February twenty fifth, and then suddenly fake news. So. <laughs>
2: Go ahead. Oh, they're so dishonest. It's so frustrating. But you know, the evidence is out there everywhere. You know, the politicians will come out on on social media and say we have to stand with the Islam battalion. They're, you know, we have to stand with Ukraine. And it's like this Ukraine, and it's all the compilation of all of the headlines over the years of talking about how they're a bunch of Nazis, how they're dangerous. This and that. so, so again, like you said. Deny reality, deny the past. That's that doesn't exist anymore. Focus on today. That's what they want you to do. Don't look and don't you dare go look at what we were saying about Ukraine just a couple of years ago, because it's a, a much different narrative. But yeah, how embarrassing
1: um, is that? Like, so it's 2016 yeah. forward is when they say the the battalion kind of went away. They call it now the term they're using today. I notice is they regularized, <laughs> whatever that means. And then, but the problem is that their articles in 2019 and 2020 were talking about this international reach and how it was growing and influencing white supremacy in the United States. It's just like, how do they think that people won't see that? This is why I argue that false majority. I mean, it's embarrassingly yeah. obvious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder
2: I don't I wonder if I, you know I, I, they're sloppy, they're not very good at their job. I think they're arrogant. I think the media doesn't g- believe that most people will double check them. Um but this is it's our duty and obligation to not take the media's uh, word for anything that they say. Check mm-hmm. it all out, get your sources straight. I don't you you and I mean we've we've been doing this for a while. I don't pretend to have all the answers. I'm looking right. for them. I wanna I wanna get it right. And and look, I'll tell you my philosophy, probably along the same lines as yours, which is I reserve the right to change my mind as long if I'm presented with information, new information that's better than the information I had before. So yeah. I'm always willing to to examine this and I, and I try not to get too you know, with the shootings, the school shootings or, or the supermarket shootings or whatever, I try to give it at least 24, 48 hours to examine things and not get too, you know, emotional about it and and try and see if there's, there's more to the story. But unfortunately in America specifically, we have been trained to not do that. We've been trained to allow them, you know, to let the media do all the work. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, um, Chris Cuomo told us on CNN that, you know, yeah. we're not allowed to look at some of these documents. That's the media's job. It's illegal for us to do that. So they want us trained to, to just bolt you know, to, to only seek out the mainstream corporate media as the only explanation for this. And I just am unwilling to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, or as Mika Brzezinski says, it's our job to tell you how to think. It's her right? job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course.
2: Of course it
0: is. Uh,
1: it's so funny. Well, so to jump to another topic here, I think what this is, it's interesting this goes in another direction right? Because I mean, my audience well, well knows my, my perspective of where this seem, seems to be going. And I think the evidence undeniably backs that up. I mean, you can't see the impetus of the conversation of this rising, rising supremacy threat and then tie a direct line from that beginning movement in Charlottesville directly back to the Azov and then directly back to the CIA and not see that this is to some degree being driven. But here's an interesting point. So for Russia's side of this, Right. If you could, I'm in no way taking Russia's perspective at face value. I don't think anybody honest would do that. You question all sides. But my point is that they came into this going, okay, here's what we're doing. We're going to we're going to fight for the liberation of of the Donbass area. We're going to denazify Ukraine. At no point did they say they were going to overtake the entire country. In fact, he explicitly said the opposite. Now, he could be lying about that, Putin. But Mm -hmm. what has ultimately happened? Well, if you actually look at what's on the ground, he seems to have done exactly what he said he was going to do. In fact, the arguments of kiev and the pushing them back i mean as far as i can tell even colonel mcgregor said that didn't even happen right so it seems like a bunch more lies but you can question whether the denazification was actually what he wanted to do or it was more of a uh, opportunist moment and he used what we were saying but now we have this kind of comment now i for, for for people on the podcast it's zero hedge reporting that russian lawmaker says poland next in line for denazification now this is interesting to me because ultimately it's like saying Lindsey Graham says something and then representing that as the rush the u s government says that's not what they're doing in this in this image, but that's what you people would take it as right Russian lawmaker says we're going imp- to imply that means they're going to use that excuse again to keep overtaking the world. That's how they want you to kind of take that as, but right I wonder whether this lawmaker is you know what he, why he would say this or because it, it's interesting. Give me your take on that before I go off on my thoughts on it
2: Well, yes, sources close to the president's thinking said. X, Y, and Z, you know, (laughs) I mean, they can, they can, they can frame this however they want to make it sound like oh Putin's planning this whole thing the denazification it's like oh well there listen if we don't stop Russia now there's just going to be dominoes falling i mean first it's Ukraine then it's Poland who's next oh finland wants to join nato i wonder sure. if they have any nazis in there you know so this fear this tr- trying to like crank this up and say like oh well russia's you know they're not just planning one invasion they're planning multiple invasions well look um hey poland you want to get involved with you know you're working with nato you're you you're going to have problems with russia so there's part of me that realizes that poland's put themselves once again they don't learn from history in a position to have big problems with their neighbors and so i wonder if this is just i mean my guess is that it's probably just uh, pr nonsense to to, to try and uh, demonize russia but like you said the russian like lawmaker though Right, so it's
1: right. a Russian lawmaker saying that's kind of my wonder is that seems to directly undermine what Putin is stating they're doing. So right. you could see a conflict here of the internal political divides, possibly. You know what I mean? But it just seems interesting, or somebody might argue that he's expl- is saying the quiet part out loud. You know, right. it depends on how you want to look at it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I I'll tell you this much. My my point on it is is. Let's see what actually happens. Exactly. There's a lot of talk in the lead exactly. up to this. It's 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 a uh, you know it it's it's the first battle is is the information war that that happens and in, in trying to shape public opinion and whatnot. But uh, I uh, you know look so like you said so far Russia has said we're gonna you know in twenty fourteen we're gonna annex Crimea. This is what we want. They didn't they didn't advance further. You know we can debate whether or not they should have done that, but they said that's what they're gonna do and that's what they did. They did right. the same thing with this. They said these are the regions we're taking. It's mostly right. Russian speaking. Well, this is this is you know and of course they've got a hundred year plus history of conflicts between the two of them and re you know maps being drawn in weird ways and 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 starvation that happened you know 70 years ago and 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 all these things that add to the complexities of trying to figure out the the geopolitics of this particular country and in in, in in particular in the region in general but the media's involvement is always going to um be the first shot fired. So I'm I'm interested to see where things where things go with this. I did I've not read this story yet.
1: Yeah. Well I mean really it's, it I just wanted your take on the general idea of it when you get into the story itself, the bottom line is this Russian lawmaker is responding to what seems like pretty provocative statements coming from the Poland Prime Minister, basically saying calling Russian ideology whatever Russian ideology is, right? It's like just a, a cancer, you know. And this is the idea that anything Russian today, not even related to the government, is negative, even though they don't say that. Right. That's the interesting part about it. It's like you have Russian cats that are being kicked out of, you know, it's just it's it's not it's it's really clumsy and obvious. You you are being you're being exactly what you pretend you're fighting against. The the racist or the under you know the lack of equity or equality or all these things they pretend they're fighting for. So When I saw this, it just makes me wonder what the objective is from this lawmaker. You know, ultimately, or maybe again, maybe he's admitting what they're really like you said, it comes down to what's ultimately happening in Ukraine. I keep making that point. If it ends up where he doesn't do what they said he was gonna do, we should genuinely ask whether he was never planning to do it. It's like it's just crazy that we can't even have those conversations today, because now you're a Russian shill, you know.
2: Oh, of course I am. Yeah, we (laughs) all are. We're just how dare you 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 say let's 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 hear what the other side has to say. Russian disinformation. (laughs) You know, As you know, opposed to things. American-made disinformation, which is my favorite kind of disinformation.
1: Right, right. Because they all spread it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's another interesting challenge. You know, again, just kind of t- rapid fire these different points. I find these really interesting. Putin, apparently, this was either today or yesterday, sees no threat from NATO expansion. What? Like, now, first of all, I'm like immediately like, is this just like blatant misrepresentation by Reuters? You know, because I didn't have time to like dig into this because it could be. I mean, I, I they've lied literally completely misrepresented statements, but- it's interesting thought, isn't it? Because that seems to challenge the entire red line discussion about maybe maybe it was just about Ukraine. But I see Poland and Finland and Sweden all talking about joining NATO and confirming that doesn't I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like a huge red line for Putin.
2: Well, I mean, I would think that he would um would definitely see a threat from NATO expansion. But of course. Who, who's writing the piece? Is it somebody that works for the Council on Foreign Relations or some, somebody from like, uh, the Cato Institute or, you know, who, who knows? I mean, I, I think that, uh, look, I, I think that Vladimir Putin is, uh, is thinking these things through. I don't think he's being reactive. He's yeah. he's saying what he's going to do and then doing it. Now whether you agree with what he does, that's that's definitely worth debating. But but again, we say what we're going to do and then we do something else, or we claim you know we're constantly lying about the uh, the setup for what's actually happening or where US we're going to take things or what yeah. we want to do or what are or our reasons for being there. And, and so we're definitely not to be trusted. Do I trust Russia? I don't trust anybody necessarily, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen the level of propaganda and insanity coming from their side that I have from our side. Maybe I'm just more in tune to, to the Western version of it, but no, but, I, um, I
1: would wholeheartedly agree. And I just, to be clear, we the US government i don't like to use we as you know you, you're right. right yeah 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 <laughs> but yep. you i look there is no debating this it's the same this is it's a it's a, the point we're making before we need to not be afraid as like you just weren't to shy away from these things or to not shy away from them like you just say it like you just did they are the biggest propaganders propagandizers on the planet that's not that's, that's unequivocally obvious same way that they have destroyed and created more chaos and destabilized more countries around the world than any other country i can point at right now that's just the reality whether they scream freedom while they're doing it or not is irrelevant you know and so at this same point is you we have to acknowledge again you could argue maybe they're spreading disinformation because they want to do the right thing if you want to be that naive that's up to you but they're still being dishonest you know and i just i think it's we're at a point now where it's beginning to that overton window has been kind of broken a lot throughout this process and so people are beginning to like for instance taking israel which just in general i mean that whole that narrative has completely 180 i mean it's amazing every human rights organization on the world is calling them an apartheid state even the u.s government is having trouble supporting their illegal settlements now you know so things have shifted and i just think that's important we need to drive into that now last point on this As we were just referencing, just to people to see, this is the kind of embarrassing thing we're seeing. Like McDonald's is now going to exit Russia. Now, who does that hurt exactly? Does that hurt the Russian government? No. It hurts all their employees. It hurts Russian communities. It hurts. It's just, this is action being taken, virtue signaling by McDonald's to attack Russia as an entity. It's it's just embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, it really is childish.
2: I remember being in business school and reading about the Russian uh, the, the McDonald's in integration into Russia. We studied it. It was so fascinating the way they did it, how long it took, the, the process by which they set up. I remember the first McDonald's, they they built two of them next to one another. One of them took rubles and that the rubles were used to pay the rent, the local rent. And one of them took dollars and the dollars was used were used to pay for the food supplies and things like that. So they had this whole system worked out and it was a really fascinating March of capitalism into the Soviet union so much so that we studied it as a business to business model, to see how you can make these things happen and Mm -hmm. to just abandon that, to walk away from that, the, the amount of sunk costs, be the the actual yeah. costs or, or the amount of sunk costs in terms of understanding the culture, the language, uh, Cyrillic, you know, the, the, what the Russians like, what they don't like, where we get the food, where we, where we can grow these potatoes, where we can't grow these potatoes, all of that effort and money and time that has gone into that. Just, you're just going to walk away from it. And who does it hurt the most? McDonald's shareholders, I'll tell you what, yes, if I they- were a McDonald's sure. shareholder, I'd be saying, "My, your job is to make my stock price go up. And I don't understand how you're making my stock price go up by pulling out of a huge global market. This doesn't make any sense. This virtue signaling is going to cost us revenue. You're going to have to t- write down a, a couple billion dollars in the next quarter. And for what? Who's Are you being subsidized? Yes. Is the United States government paying you? In a way, a reason to do this because you know it's funny they all just up and did it like a bunch of these major corporations all got on board real fast and then you dig into the background of all of them and well what do you know they're they're tied to the World Economic Forum almost like there's some sort of agenda going on so. It it to me it's disgusting. It's 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 virtue signaling, it's bad business, mm-hmm. and it only hurts McDonald's in the end, right? What are you gonna do? Oh no, you're gonna make Russia healthy? <laughs> right. Somebody in the chat already said that. Oh, they're healthier now. It, I mean, what's it it's incredible to
1: watch because I'm so glad you, you said that because nobody seems to focus on that point. There's no way that shareholders would allow that to happen at a I mean, I I mean who I shouldn't say that. I mean, who knows how far this social you know, vir- virtue signaling has in- in- immersed itself in business, but I just don't buy it. I think the people at that level, it's all about the bottom line, the dollar, the making the money. And so I'm with you on that point. I'm of the mind, and, and it's not even of the mind. From a COVID perspective, we've proven this. They used those acts, CARE Act, PPP. They dumped money in these people's pockets under a guise of helping them through the pandemic, which gave them a profit there and they allowed them to go oh well, we'll undermine our business model because we just made a billion dollars and you know right. that's so if they're back at the back end if they're made their profit they don't really care it's easy so in this right. situation i want to know why and where that money's coming from i'm of the mind that like you said we've already seen this whole you know it's a little bit of a crossover but i think it's connected the covid you know international treaty stuff and the ukraine <laughs> biolabs there's an overlap yeah. I'm, I'm wondering whether we've already seen the beginning of this whole international treaty discussion I don't know if you've seen that, the, the treaty teeth, they keep calling yep. it, and the idea being that they can force action. And if people go along with what they're supposed to or notify stuff early, they get funding. So is right. that happening already to a different degree? You know, are these people getting funding to be able to push in certain action? I mean, it's what they're outlining already. I don't have the answer yep. to that, but I'm so glad you brought that up because that needs more investigation. Very
2: and, and, and is it going to be a component of ESG scores moving forward where it's not just about your environmental, social, and governance, but also like, are you a good... Participant in the world government? Are you are you are you standing with Ukraine properly and right. fast enough? Are you de- demonizing Russia quickly? Are you coming out and denouncing? Are you know? So it it could be a part of a much bigger agenda that we're not seeing at this moment. But for me, the removal of McDonald's as as one example, but but not limited to. The, I just put out an episode last week called "Russia is the Literal Devil." where I listed off all of the companies that have pulled out of Russia. And it's a lot of them. I mean, it's big name businesses. And for that coordination in such a short amount of time to convince these companies to work against their own best interests, there's gotta be something going on behind the scenes because these people are numbers driven, the CEOs of these companies, they're looking at the bottom line. They've got their CFO sitting in the, you know, next to them saying, you know, we got to make these numbers go up and everything. And then the CEO says, Well, I got an idea. Let's let's do this instead. Let's pull out of a lucrative market that we've already spent billions of dollars to build up. CFO goes, Why? Well, I can't tell you why, (laughs) but we're going to have to pull out and don't worry. We'll find some money somewhere else. Where are they getting this? Is it coming in the form of tax breaks? Is it coming in the form of direct injections into their, into their bank accounts? Like what's going on? And we need some answers because McDonald's is about making money any way they can as evidenced by the fact that they don't care about, they don't care about your health they don't care about the things that actually matter. Why do you think they care about Russia? They care about Russia. Why? There's got to be money involved in it. So I think that we'll maybe at some point down the line, someone will dig into this. We'll find the the trail of money, and it will it will lead back to um, you know some some global players.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to add to that, just jokingly, like that, that same scenario, instead have them ask, you know, why are you going to pull out? And he goes, well, because I stand with Ukraine, of course. And that guy goes, well, well of course, right? That's the, the fake reality. They you. just like, yeah. well, you're going to believe that a shareholder would actually be like, well, go ahead, Ben, and take my money because politics, it's just still silly. But since uh-huh. you mentioned ESG scores, I'm, it's, I'm, this, is, this also needs more discussion. Derek wrote an article about this as well, the, the coming terror of social impact finance and social credit scores. Literally, you are now becoming the stock market, betting on how they can influence your actions in the world. So it's a really alarming direction this is all going. It, it's, it's, it's getting very, very obvious that it's nothing to do with helping people. No. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how much time you have today. Are you good to go a little bit further? I didn't are start. Okay, great. Sure. There's a lot of interesting things to, to continue to go off on here. So this is another interesting direction to take, sort of like the Russian point on Zero Hedge. Here's Marco Rubio saying a blatantly false statement that I meant that I think is meant to be the driving kind of division discussion. Right. As he white supremacy is an evil and un-American lie, period. End of statement. OK, so you're arguing white supremacy doesn't exist. I mean, does anybody I mean, is- this is the interesting part about this. Maybe that's not what he meant, however you want to take it. But my argument is from the, the ridiculous clown shoe version of the left right paradigm. That's what they do. It either doesn't exist or it's literally everywhere. Neither of those are true, right? And so here comes Marco Rubio to stick, you know, to sow the divide in the same way. And so I just wanted your thoughts on that because I think it's pretty obvious that we can acknowledge that there are such things as white supremacists or black supremacists or Jewish supremacists or any ideology there have a supremacist side. That's a real thing wherever you look. So what are your thoughts?
2: Apparently it's not, though. Apparently you can only be one or the other. You have either either there's none or it's everywhere. Like you said, it's it's. Oh, it's so frustrating because the you know, maybe look there's not a lot there's not a lot of white supremacy in certain regions because there aren't a lot of white people in those regions but there's to say that it doesn't exist at all is a lie and if that's right. a lie then it's hard to take these people seriously on anything else that they say so they're not doing themselves any favors by painting this as as, as so i'm just gonna black or white i mean maybe literally <laughs> black or white but um you know they should at least come out and acknowledge listen there's supremacy of every type of color and every type of religion, depending on where you go in the world. Uh, there's going to be you know s- supremacy for for the dominant culture in some people's minds does that mean that it's an infection that's spreading everywhere no not necessarily and in fact it could be on the decline but even if it's on the decline it could still exist right. and so to deny its existence it's always, is yeah. is ridiculous but right.
1: uh, well, th- to his to his comment though i mean so the idea if this was an honest person he would come out and say you know Obviously, this exists, but the same thing we're saying, they're lying about what the real problem is. But the fact that he has to go to the it's not real idea, I mean, that's just you are literally creating that division on purpose because everybody, a child knows that's ridiculous. So it just exposes the fact that he he is making a conscious lie because it's either advantageous for him because he's part of an agenda or I, I really don't even know. But it just speaks to how obviously these people are stepping in and spurring up the debate. You know, they yeah. want us to fight ourselves. So we don't realize that they're ultimately the ones abusing us. My a distraction,
2: probably yeah. just more of a more of a distraction. Keep us down on the, on the reservation, arguing about colors.
1: Yeah, well, as Caitlin says, you know, in, in this we it, it's if it, we are always trying to find somebody as the savior complex, right, in this country to be the one person is fighting for. She says people who think Tucker Carlson is fighting the establishment are exactly the same as people who think the Squad is fighting the establishment. They're the same darn people with slightly different bumper stickers. I'm just it's I'm, it's refreshing to see people calling out the two party paradigm. You know yes. that it, we have to start seeing how obvious these people are being used against us. You know.
2: Yeah. And, and, and once you recognize that or once you allow yourself to go to the, you know, to your brain to say, well, well, maybe, maybe it's possible that neither side is very good. Maybe it's possible that there's, you know, they're both in on it. Um, then you start to get a little bit more towards the truth because, um, you know, like I can like what Tucker Carlson is saying about some things, but I can also I can also say I don't I don't care for him all that much. Or I can say I like Tucker Carlson, but I don't like Fox. Why right. is he right. well, allowed to say the things he's allowed to say?
1: And you're focusing on topics and not the person, right? You're, you're, That's the idea because I will listen to, I listen to corporate media all the time because I want to see what they're trying to say. And all, honestly, because I want to see how they're trying to deceive us, but I still listen, you know, and the same thing I've seen Tucker and I've even shared some of his clips. I'm like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Who is saying it? I mean, it does to a degree, but what he's saying is true. And it's actually a smart thing to say. So here it is. My point is always is that they're, they're, in my opinion, is these things are stated, they use truth to then kind of mire you in a, like, like Q, for example. There was a lot of things they said that were true, but if they get you asking the wrong questions. They don't care what answers you find, as always, right? Right. Yeah
2: yeah well the the best lie has has a a great deal of of truth in it you know yeah. you can't just if you've got eighty percent truth and twenty percent lie it's a lot easier for that lie to go down so exactly. so they're, 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 it's just about discernment it's about being able to recognize the the terminology that they use you know they might be talking about something you know the whole article might be a hundred percent true till you get down to the part where it says you know uh an unnamed Pentagon spokesman said x y and z and you go Oh wait a second. I know what that I just replaced that with s- the CIA said this. Yeah. You know. So well, so once you get better at 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 how you how you process the news, then it becomes obvious. It like, it stands out. Uh, It jumps off the page and and you go, well, this is where the lies are right here. So, so any, any article is going to have a a fair amount of truth in it because they have to, to keep you. uh, Well, I shouldn't say every article. (laughs) I've read read some (laughs) doozies that, that, that are, that are, that are not exactly anchored in in any sort of truth, but, but but for the the vast majority of them, if you're going to have to put a, a whole lot of truth in there because people will be, you know, uh, uh, recognizing that, but it's that one line. Or it's the, the it's the, it's the, it's the, the, the certain spokesperson said, and you realize you go, oh, well, that's just Russia said that. Oh, well then Russia must entirely unilaterally feel this way that yeah. this one unnamed Russian person said, no, no, no. That's getting you to feel a certain way. That right. person might not even exist. That person may be a one-off out of their whole organization who is the only guy that thinks this way, you know? So it's important that we, we get. We train ourselves uh, about how to read the news or how to listen to uh, a television, you know, a nightly news broadcast and pick out the terms that are just a little that are intentionally vague and then incorporate in recognizing, okay, well, that's where the lie is.
1: Yeah, I think the, the the most influential articles like that, exactly like you were describing, are are exactly like that. You know, a, a ten five percent very small amount of truth, but very important. Or excuse me, of lie, but very important lie. Right. So they Absolutely. couch it in this bigger article that you don't even realize you're absorbing, and you walk away with this background thought that you just kind of absorbed with everything else, and and they got you there, right? And it <laughs> might not even be relevant for for years you know it just happens to be a coordinated with the new biosecurity plan you don't even realize you know it's like these are things that are seeded and planted movies radio, yes. it's it's social engineering right it's a Got very it. important point
2: yeah it's it's incremental and they, they they it builds upon one another and it might yep. and, and if you're doing it right if you're really if you're very skilled at propaganda you craft these narratives years in advance yep. you put you 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 slowly sprinkle them out you you allow them the movie industry to um, use predictive programming to get you to start to feel a certain way. And next thing you know, you're like, yeah, I think we probably should all have robots, Or, Yeah, I think we probably should blend ourselves with machines. And you're like, wait, how did I get here? You got here because you watched... minority report in 2002 and thought it was a really cool movie and thought oh wouldn't it be neat if we had all these futuristic technologies not realizing that you were also signing on uh, subconsciously to the concept of pre-crime and next thing you know you're like oh yeah i think this is a good idea like wait a second this is a bad idea i should rightly never be in favor of this but because they incrementally built this up over a long period of time, they slowly got me comfortable with it. And now all of a sudden I'm voting against my own best interest for some reason.
1: Yeah. And good good segue to this tweet we're looking at here. It this this is an interestingly contradictory kind of concept, right? I mean, of course, if you hear, you know, from the party paradigm discussion, if somebody's wearing a red hat, well, they're obviously a white supremacist, right? I mean, that's just the way it is, of course. We know that. (laughs) And so it's the same idea that, you know, the conservative movement, I mean, look, they're out there screaming like MAGA is the biggest terrorist organization or that all conservatives are this way. And that's literally coming from the mouths of some of the leaders of political movements right now and people in Congress. So yet here we have a Republican, Dan Crenshaw is on Fox News to support his vote for $40 $40 billion for Ukraine. Interesting, right? And he says that people who vote against it are pro Russia. So just kind of so is is it's not all encompassing, as the obvious point. But I want to show overlap here, just like we saw in uh, the COVID nineteen discussion. It wasn't as as partisan. Actually, it wasn't even remotely partisan the way they want you to think that it was. It was there was a lot, in my opinion, as you can see, there was a lot of overlap of people that maybe wore masks, but were very, very adamant about the fact that you shouldn't be forced to take this shot. But they were so desperate to make it that only conservative Trump supporters didn't want the vaccine. And you know, that's what they were trying to sell. I think there's an overlap there to what we just talked about in the beginning. But as he's talking about here, it seems that we have the same thing going on with Ukraine. Because they really want this to be a one-sided thing where they all fight again. you know, they're all, all the conservatives love Putin, which is not even remotely what they say or think or do, but it's what they, they think, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So it's interesting to see that overlap. Like, d- d- again, just quick thoughts, I guess, on this topic.
2: You're either with us or you're with the terrorists. <laughs> you know, it's these binary choices. You're either this or you're obviously that. And, right. and, and you go, well, I, I don't, I don't want to be that. That being that is terrible. So I guess I'm this, you know. And, 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 it, and it kind of, we, we, we see that in a lot of things too, whether it's, a, you know, they're either, um, you know, critical race theory. You're either a, a, a victim or an oppressor you're like but what if i'm neither I'm like, no no right. no 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 you got to pick you got to be one it's one or the other it's you either stand with ukraine or you're a russian apologist or you either are, are uh, an oppressor or you're a victim or whatever it is mm-hmm. if they can if they can divide you into two camps and make one of the camps really less appealing like the type of you know appeal where you're going to get mocked and ridiculed from your friends and family maybe even shunned at work then you're obviously going to lean towards the the direction that they want you to so it's like soft social engineering you know they they, mm-hmm. they they get you convinced that there's only two ways to talk about um the outcomes here i've i've mentioned this before that like if it's up to the the mainstream media they'll have you talking about you know look so should we invade russia uh today tomorrow or next thursday and you're right. like um <laughs> how about never is right. that like well well that wasn't one of my choices my choices were today <laughs> tomorrow or next you know so they do they 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 frame this in a way that doesn't give you all of the options you know you can right. you can be against them giving 40 billion dollars to ukraine and you can also be against Putin invading Ukraine you can be against both of these things but not in their world because they want you on one team or they want to uh, humiliate you for 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 siding with the other other side they never want you to get into the nuance of it because to do that is to recognize that there's a lot of ways to think about this but the mainstream media is not interested in having you uh, believe a lot of different things. They want you to believe the one thing, the big lie. So that that's why, and they use these tactics. They work very well on people that aren't paying attention. The Jedi mind trick is not a myth. It really is there. You know, they can convince you to feel a certain way. We're all guilty of that. We've all fallen into that over our our lives. I'm not trying to say that it only happens to other people. and never happens to us because we're so smart. No, no. We've all fallen into this trap from time to time once you recognize it, once you see it for what it is, you go, Oh, this is a, this is a trap. This is, this is what where they, what they use to ensnare people that aren't really paying attention or they don't. Know enough about the topics to have the 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 information to to stand on the side that is the 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 side that's being demonized and say no 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 i'll stand over here because because I know more about this than you think I know um there's more to this story than what you're telling us, and I'm not going to fall for this i don't think I need to i be in favor of you giving forty billion dollars to Ukraine to fight this stuff, and no that doesn't make me by default a Russian sympathizer I can right. be against the giving away the money and have problems with this war as well.
1: Well, what's, but here's the interesting part. And I agree. I mean, that, that's the false dichotomy. They're always left, right paradigm, whole thing. But what's interesting is that's what they want you to see this as just like with COVID. Right. But It doesn't seem like that's what's happening. Remember, we have 37 Republicans that were the only ones that voted against it, right? Everybody else voted for it. We have people that are on all sides seemingly having different opinions. I mean, the point being is this money is going to Ukraine, right, which is going to go directly into the hands of the Aza Battalion, which, by the way, is a crime. It's in their own documentation, their own legislation that says they're not allowed to fund directly or indirectly the Aza Battalion, still happening, right? So they're breaking their own laws. Shocking, I know. But yeah. that money's going directly to these neo Nazis, right? So then you've got Republicans that are voting for that and you have got Republicans that are voting against it. So taking a hypothetical step into the future of what we discussed, Vanilla ISIS and laying the feet, how does that end up panning out? Right. I mean, because it's it's they've lost control of this, it would seem. Because I mean, you either are going to argue that they were funding the good guys and Republicans weren't helping, or that they're funding the bad guys and it would be only the Republicans doing it in like the way I see that going. You know, it's just it seems like they've lost control of the narrative.
2: But we've got all the Democrats voting for it.
1: Exactly. Well, but how does that play into
2: yeah.
1: how they're trying to create the white supremacy threat? It seems to go the opposite direction. It's almost like they've like redirected the narrative to be like, okay, they, they, they've realized we're funding the Oz movement. So let's make them good guys. Now, you know, it's like <laughs> it's the direction, you know, <laughs>
2: I'll tell you, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating time to be alive, to watch yeah. these things play out. It, it's, it's a fascinating time to be aware. I should rephrase that because to 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 watch what's happening, to watch this the, the, the media use their tricks, the government come out and, and 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 create situations where they're forcing people to feel one way or the other. It's it's a social engineer's dream to, to the way this has all played out. And I said this about COVID as well. Like while we were in the midst of it, it was terrible and it was restrictive and it was all those things. But as an author myself, Sitting up, sort of in the up in the high in the bleachers, watching it all. It was fascinating, you know. There's okay. the book. <laughs> it was, I got show in the, it was, the
1: beginning. So <laughs> you
2: know, it was fascinating for me to, you know, I didn't, I didn't obviously, I didn't like the the whole thing, COVID or the the people dying, the people getting sick, us getting lied to, the billions of dollars going, you know, destroying the economy. All those things I was against, but to be aware of what's happening and observant and 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 documenting that. I mean, they're going to write books about this, you know, they're going to teach courses on manipulation and they're going to use COVID in, in, in the lessons that we learned from that, um, for, for decades to come such a fascinating time to be alive. And then, and then of course now we have the, you know, we watch the constant pivots from one thing to the, you know, the next agenda to, Oh, it's, it's, um, exhausting, frustrating, really annoying, but, it's it's our duty and obligation i think for those those of us that recognize it and see it and have a voice and and have the ability to to take this information and and then put it out in a way that most people tend to understand it's sort of our duty and obligation to do it so as frustrated as i am by what we're living through and what we're dealing with i'm glad i'm here to document it because i think we're going to need it because god knows if we leave it up to the the mainstream they will document this, you know, as they say, history is written by the victors. Yeah, they're going to write this a different way. The The version of what we went through over the last two plus years is going to be described a whole lot different in the textbooks that our grandchildren read. So it's important for us okay. to be here um, writing, you know. Writing, uh, writing down or speaking out about what we see and documenting it, footnoting it and and giving sources and saying, hey, don't take my word for it. I'm just some guy with a microphone. Go look it up yourself. This is where you can find it. And this is where you should start, you know, participatory journalism. You know, you right. guys, you like this. You think it's interesting. You think it's crazy. I agree. I think it's all those things, too. Now, your job is to go dig into it and make it your own. You know, yep. look into it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go look for yourself, because what you're going to find is that there's a whole lot there and it'll lead you down some um, some rabbit holes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really you're right. I mean, it's it is a burden and people don't realize that because, I mean, look, we're it's a very thankless position. And I think it's people that, like us that do this, I would argue it's it's something that's like almost beyond our control. I don't know what yeah. else I could like right now. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be losing my mind, you know, with how much we need to share and, and, and discuss and dissect. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like every time I end up getting something right, I hate it. Like, it's like even with with the white vanilla ISIS. Now this is going forward. I'm like, damn it, damn it. Like, not only do I hate that it's happening because it's a terrible story, but then it's thankless in the point that where you've got a lot of people out there that are essentially taking information that we broke out and then like redirecting people in the wrong way with propaganda. And it's like, it's just, it's. So It's almost like you are always going to be, it's it is a burden, right? It really is because we have to do this, but it's so very important that it's happening because yeah. we there, it wouldn't be censored and manipulated if they didn't if we weren't making a difference in reaching people. And it's not about saying think this way, as we've made clear through this show, as you've oh. made clear, it's about saying think, <laughs> question, think. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well,
2: you take the most flack when you're right over the target, so the right. fact that they come after us, they suppress us, is not. If look if you and I were talking about uh, Elvis Presley eating ding dongs in the aisle four of a Kroger, they'll let us talk about that all day long. But when we start to talk about the real things, they're going to try and suppress that, and that's how you know you're 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 really onto something.
1: Yeah, and and to kind of wrap this up with that exact point about censorship. You know, it's I mean, by the way, like which, which Patreon admitted to us in our emails, which we showed both Whitney and myself, as I know you've talked about. I think that yeah. it only becomes propaganda when you prove what you're saying. That's that's their standing point. Right. So you could talk about it all day long, but you can't spread disinformation. It's like, okay, well, that's very clear. So once you show the documentation, oh, oh, disinformation, as long as it challenges the narrative. Right. So that's the alarming aspect of this that we didn't touch on as much today. But this is a part of the Great Reset. It's a part of the COVID-19 agenda. It's part of Ukraine. It's part of pretty much anything now that you're not allowed to challenge what they tell you is happening. It's amazing how quickly that shifted, isn't it? It's no longer just you can't spread disinformation. You can't, you know, Hate speech, now it's just like, well, here's what we say is happening. And if you go against that, now that just everything's like that is disinformation. It's like how fast that happened has actually made my head spin. It's incredible. But here's the example that ties back to the whole point. This person says it's despicable. Twitch banned them for speaking out against against the Azov ideology, whose real world result in Buffalo was live streamed, which as we discussed is a little more nuanced than that, but I agree with that, on their platform, which was the case. He did stream it on Twitch. They they promoted that murderous ideology by boosting pro Azov voices and censoring anti fascists. So he points out what they actually think, and as he's tied back to him, and they censor him for talking about it, yet simultaneously promoting the Azov movement. I mean, this is just like I don't even know. There's not even a word good enough for how ridiculous that is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it. They're they're. I mean, uh, hypocrisy. <laughs> as the the name of the the book right. you know this is this is what we're 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 dealing with the fact that they they can they can tell you if they say it it's fine if you say it your you know your medical disinformation or whatever they they ban you almost immediately for for your uh, you know the, the what, what have we been seeing that the difference between disinformation and the truth is like six months yeah, yeah right?
1: exactly <laughs> which is incredible well on that same note by the way i promise you i, I this video is pro- if not already censored on youtube it's going to be the show i did last night has already been censored interestingly enough though not for medical misinformation or anything i've always but hate speech how telling uh, is that? They, that's the way they can make this act. They're, they're claiming that's real violence, right? So once they push this enough, it's going to be, well, you're not allowed to challenge the narrative because now you're attacking certain people and now we're going to put you in jail, right? I mean, that's, we can see where this is building, but I think that's where we're already at with this point. But to same thing to end on the last two points here I'll End with Steve's comment there, we already have the governor of, of New York. Using the Buffalo discussion to call for censorship of social media.
2: I mean, it, it's, cool. it's, it's
1: a perfect circle, just continues round and round and round.
2: Hate speech is just speech that they hate.
1: <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's, by the way, let's not forget there's not actually a crime. There's not actually a <laughs> law that says you can't, you know, it, like we as individuals can say, I think you're a gross person for saying things that I think are gross, whatever that may be, or racist or whatever. But if you're not breaking the law, how has this become such an overwhelmingly politicized discussion? It's quite interesting.
2: Yeah. And it's retarding our growth as well. Because if you're not allowed to have unpopular beliefs or thoughts or challenge them or get your dumb ideas challenged by somebody else, then how are you going to ever grow? You know, you're just going to, you're if you're just in an echo chamber where everyone has to believe the one thing. And if anything uh, diverges from that, they're just automatically censored. No, no, no. Let's have the debate. If your idea is better than mine, your idea wins. If my idea is better than yours and anchored in reality and facts and I can prove it, then my idea wins. But, but, to censor an idea or or, or a talking point or some sort of opinion on this, just because it varies from the mainstream media is not only is it disgusting and gross, but it's, it's, it's inconsistent with our own development as well. Like we need to go through those. We need to, you need to lose an argument with somebody. You need to bring up an idea and have someone say, no, 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 you're absolutely wrong about it. It's this, this, and this. And you go, oh, you're right. I see it differently. So we have to, if we're not, allowed to have those challenges, if we're not allowed to have differences of opinions, then then we're going to be subject to the whims of the ministry of truth. And, right. and of course we know where that will take us.
1: Right. Well, I mean it, it used to be framed as intelligence to be able to challenge your own ideas and to question what you you know think you know. And it's just amazing how it's gone the exact opposite direction. One of my favorite quotes uh, Charles uh, Bukowski and a few others it's been referenced to but I think it's been said more than once the problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts while the stupid ones are full of confidence or you could or it was said I think it was another person who said the problem with the world is that w- wiser men are so full of doubts while the same kind of thing that basically the people that that are tr- ramped up with false certainty are out there screaming that they know everything and that you're wrong and everything else, but by people that are more intelligent, more wise are the ones that tend to be like, well, maybe I could be wrong. And they get overshadowed by people that are absolutely certain, you know, and, yeah. and this is a huge problem. And this has been leaned into by people in the media. Yeah, I think that's where we're leading today. And I think they're trying to create a situation where, as as Steve points out, or as uh, the tweet that he points at, who else thinks Tucker Carlson should be taken off the air for inciting violence? which is just leading to more censorship. But I, I believe that that's creating the person who's not technically part of who's part of the problem as the victim, just like we're seeing elsewhere. And now they're going to defend Tucker Carlson when in reality, they're going to be censoring all the rest of us to finish up the show. What do you think?
2: Well, look, we, we, we censorship is disgusting. I don't want. Um, there's plenty of things I disagree with. I think they have the right to be there. Uh, I, if I disagree with them, allow them to be on the platform and let me show you why I disagree with them. And if and, and let the better idea win. And if uh, and same for, with mine. I maybe I have a bad take on something and someone else can challenge me and 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 I can I can learn from that. But if the answer is censorship, you're really only going to get. Um, well, you're going to get a couple things. You're going to get overt censorship, which is easily measurable, but then you're also going to get self-censorship, which is impossible to quantify, and maybe even more devious than the overt censorship, whereas you thought you you were about to say something and you just went, nah, I don't think I'm going to do it how do you measure that? What does that do to you as a person? What does it do to your soul when you feel like you can't say what you really want to say for right. fear that there's some sort of ridiculous repercussions for it, you know? So, I mean, I think within reason, obviously, I know that, that, that people talk about, well, there's no you know, extreme free speech or everything. Listen, you could say whatever you want. If it's a dumb idea, maybe you'll get your lights punched out, you know, and maybe you deserve it. So, right. but, but, but the idea that you're just going to censor people, Is, um, well, that's the tactic that you use when you're, when your position is weak, when you have to, because if you're coming from a position of strength, you, you welcome the challenge, you welcome discussion, you welcome debate because you know that you've got, you know, that you're sitting on four aces, you know, and, and you're like, well, get in this hand. I don't want to push you. I want you in this hand. I know I've got a great, I want you in this poker hand because I know I've got a great hand but if i if i don't want you in it maybe i want to bluff you out you know maybe i want to get you out of here because i know that i don't have a strong hand so when i see censorship right. i just think of it as people with a weak poker hand you know trying to trying to push people around because they don't want you to get down to where you lay your cards down and they go you had nothing mm-hmm. you never had anything you acted like you did you tried to bully me out of this hand and in the end you had nothing so yeah, let the cards right. fall where they may. Right? Exactly. That's a great analogy
1: for it. It really is because it's a, you, more often than not, we found out, as you said during the show, after you know years go by and then we're no, we're now focused on a different de- deception. That oh, it turns out that they had a seven deuce in the hole, right? They they had nothing, yeah. and ultimately they pushed it as if it was everything, and we all folded and went the other direction. and They're just you know yeah. swinging up the chip. It's a good analogy because they are always willing to play that risk in hopes that you will buy what they're selling. And I think it's this is why it's so important that people like you know, what you're doing what the Union of the Unwanted and everybody else out there who is putting themselves in the line. You know, this is a time where as the as the title of the show today, this is not a joke. I mean, we're going to a point to where challenging the narrative is an act of revolutionary act in a time where they're moments away from making that actual crime. You know, we, we got to keep fighting, guys, and we got to keep supporting those out there that are standing up for you. It's a, It's a very important time, so thank you for being here again, Charlie. I always love talking with you.
2: I, thank you for having me. I love talking to you too. I'll have you back on on macroaggression soon, for sure yeah, we've got great. we got We got plenty to catch up on. For yeah,
1: sure. we, yeah, we do. We could We could easily do another four hours if we wanted to. I know.
2: <laughs> My wife would kill me. Yeah yeah,
1: right right. Well, I don't know, thank you for being here today, man, and I, I'm glad that what you're doing is, is making an re- impact, and uh, I call everybody else out there to do the same, man. So as always, question everything. come to your own conclusions
0: stay vigilant how it gets to the point where think things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time you know if I encroach I if I encroach on you and I'm sophisticated about it I'm gonna encroach two millimeters I'm gonna encroach right to the point where you start start to protest then I'm gonna stop then I'm gonna wait then you're gonna calm down then I'm gonna encroach again right to the point where you protest then I'm gonna stop then I'm gonna wait and I'm just gonna do that forever and before you know it you're going to be back three miles from where you started and you'll have done it one step at a time and then